Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Washed Up Hasmans podcast. This is Alec the Avocado Martinez, joined here by my lovely co-host, the Tyler Gibson. Tyler, how you doing, man? Great, man. Knocking drafts out this weekend. Got a couple more tonight, and uh, it's going to be fun, man. It's uh, season's finally here. Uh, we're going to be working on getting a uh, week one preview out this week, also. But it's just it's just awesome to to finally be here. Yeah, uh, it is. You know, we're we are. Uh, at this point, this is Monday, so three days from uh, from our first football game, uh, Chiefs Texans Thursday night. And what a good game! Too. Yeah, I mean it will I mean, be. Uh, don't typically like Thursday night games in terms of playing fantasy players in them, but I mean you got to love this matchup. Uh, yeah, and I got enough of Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, to uh, to be excited about this game. Uh, that's for sure, guys. Uh, Tyler's going to be carrying the team today. I'm a little. My allergies have been uh, not COVID related. Want to get that out there. <laughs> Uh, my allergies have been real bad today, um, so Tyler will be demo- doing a lot of the carrying of the team. But what we're going to do here on this episode is we just want to talk a little bit, of, uh, just a recap of draft season. Uh, like Tyler said, we got, um, I know me and him have one uh, league tonight. Uh, I had one this afternoon and I got one other one tonight. I got one later in the week, uh, just a fun little standard league that I joined in to help Buddy out. Uh, but, you know... Really and truly, the, the main leagues are all uh, done. We did our league of record, uh, the, the Washed Up Hasbins League that started this, uh, this podcast. We did that one last night. Tyler, what's your takeaway from there? Quick takeaway from that, that draft. Um, man, I mean, I love what, what I ended up being able to put together for um, the handicap that I had in that draft. So, I mean, I was missing my first, second, third, and fourth. Um, but I was keeping Lamar in the 10th and Allen Robinson in the 6th, I think. So really my objective was to throw some darts at running backs, and Antonio Gibson was going to be a big part of that. <laughs> had we had this draft last week, I would have had him probably. Yep, yep. But instead, Alec was uh, keeping tabs on when my pick was coming up and made sure that he drafted him with his last pick before I got on the board. So yeah, I, ended that up, was... but I ended up with Jonathan Taylor there, which is fine by me. Not my favorite rookie. Um Especially for where his ADP usually is, but that was in the fifth round of a keeper league that has everybody has two keepers. So pretty much you can guarantee that that that's more that's more like the seventh round, honestly. So this this may be the year that uh, that me and you finally get a trade done because um, you know I'm going to be looking to I, I look to compete every year. Um, Tyler likes to uh, go all in and then tanked and go all in. That's I've never tanked before <laughs> until now. <laughs> wasn't even a tank. I just happened to win last year, and now I'm not in a great position. Anyway, I may be looking at uh, if if Jonathan Taylor comes on, like some people are saying. Obviously, I don't expect him to, but I'm a man enough to admit when I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, and he comes on in the second half, he might be a guy I need. Because I my my takeaway, I I love my team, but I don't have as of now, unless something unless Joe Mixon takes uh, takes a step forward, or Austin Eckler is who Austin Eckler was last year without Melvin Gordon, um, then I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be strong enough at the running back position to keep up with some of the top dogs that tanked last year and have uh, had had quite a few picks um, in the early rounds. Yeah, but but. Those, those guys, man, I mean, you know, Helm, I mean, he, he's obviously got an absurd stable of running backs in terms of uh, top end He's got Zeke, he's got Henry, and he's got um, Dalvin Cook. But – the only other running back he has on his roster after that is Bryce Love. And I looked today, Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, same bye week. 
Oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, you know. Well, again, though, I mean, that's one week he'll probably lose. No, yeah, it's it's one week, but, uh, you know, he, he's got uh, he's got some What injury. bye week are there? Seven. Oh. You play him? I might be playing him that week. Um, I, got a gr- I will say I did get a great schedule. That made me real confident about making that fourth spot in the playoffs. Well, you get your arch nemesis in week one. Yeah, I mean, if you want to call him that. Um, but I, I do have big big game week one. So it's always a must win when I play Matt. Um, uh, and, I, you know, I think I will. I, right now, I think I'm projected to beat him by 25 without a kicker in. Um, but I, overall, I feel real good about the way that, that my draft turned out. My receivers are – I love my receivers. Chris Goblin, Robert Woods, DJ Chark. Cortland Sutton, Sean Jackson, A.J. Green. I mean, my receivers, I have no complaints there. Josh Allen and Cam Newton, I, I love my quarterbacks. Evan Ingram, you know. Had to make a little mid, mid-draft mid trade. Yeah, know, I did. Had to make, you know, missed he, the boat on his tight end targets and decided he needed to go ahead and sure that up. Yeah, and I, and I don't get me wrong, I would have been fine taking, and he's actually, I mean, I think Johnny, Johnny Smith, Smith. I think he's still out there. Yeah. Um, which is shocking. I just don't have Right now, any roster? We don't spots. have a very deep bench in this. League, Sadly, so. I, I feel I wish we had two two extra spots. Um, that would to me would make it worth it. Uh, but week seven, oh man, I played in week six. Um, anyway, yeah, so I'm I'm happy with that league. Um, had a bev, uh, a lot of picks between rounds uh, uh, four and and six. Uh, had a late third rounder and then two fourths. Uh, did I have one fifth or two fifths? I think I had one fifth. I don't remember. A couple of seventh. Um, and I, you know, picked up a lot of receivers in there and kept kept Chris Godwin and Austin Eckler. So, yeah, I'm pretty. Uh, I, I'm. I, I feel like I'll definitely make the play. I should make the playoffs. Um, I just don't know if I, I mean, have the top end talent to be, win. It'd be tough for you to not make the playoffs. Honestly, I mean, with me and Matt behind the ball, Garrett behind the ball. Uh, I mean, right there, you're only competing with one other person for that final spot. Right, um, right. Um, and I feel real confident in my team. I, I'm No complaints. I actually did not mind not having a second-round pick this year. Well, of course not, whenever you have Chris Godwin and yeah. Austin Eckler. So those are both guys that would be going, you know, in that area. Right, right. So anyway, um, just a, a recap of draft season, Tyler. What um, – Who's the guy that shocked you a little bit with where he went, how often he went high despite news coming out? Anything, anybody that really shocked you that stood out? Well, I mean, um, you know, for me, what's been shocking is maybe not how high that he was going, but that he really wasn't able to separate whenever one of his backfield competition has been kind of uh, ailing, and that was uh, Cam Akers. You know, I would have liked to hear more positive stuff out of there. I'm a guy who has a couple of Cam Akers shares. So with Daryl Henderson dealing with the hamstring, you know, you would have liked to heard some, some real positive stuff that they're, you know, they're, they're sure that he's their guy and this and that. But instead, you know, you just hear they're optimistic about Daryl Henderson being ready for week one or something. And Malcolm Brown's a starter week yeah, one. Right. And, uh, mine's Devin Singletary, man. Like, uh, <laughs> that he's just remained I, I, as yeah, high I as he has. Yeah, I just can't believe he's remained as high as he has. Uh, everything out of camp, he's had fumbling issues. And Zach Moss has been incredible. He can catch the pa- he can catch the ball. He's been a great runner. Yeah, he pro- um, he profiled as a better pass catcher than Singletary coming yep. out of college. And, I mean, he profiled as a better runner. I mean, yeah. he's a he really in all in all, Zach Moss 
was is probably, in my opinion, the better player. Um, and everybody is jumping on, you know, Devin Singletary. I'm I'm sad to, that I haven't gotten as much Zach Moss as I would like. Um, I might try to snag him tonight. Um, but at the same time, I'm surprised that Zach Moss hasn't risen. He hasn't any, risen any, yeah. anymore. He stayed around the tenth, eleventh yeah. round, and you know I've been abdicating for him since way back in the summer. Whenever uh, we did our rookie. Uh, running backs list, and I said that he's, uh, you know, I think I had him ranked number four, or I think I had him ahead of uh, of, of Jonathan Taylor, but we all know my feelings on Jonathan Taylor. Um, anybody else that uh, that maybe he's, um, you feel like hasn't gone high enough that you thought would rise and still hasn't? Well, <clears throat> you know, I, I was, one player that I struggled with, um, you know, passing on or thinking about taking early, and I don't think that I did end up with any shares of him, is DeAndre Hopkins. He's in a weird spot for me where, you know, he clearly is going to come after, you know, the uh, Michael Thomas, after, you know, Julio Jones, Devonta Adams, those type of guys. And then you get to a list of guys where it's like Mike Evans and Adam Thielen, and then, you know, then shortly after that you're looking at Juju, and it's like you like you love the name DeAndre Hopkins, but I was just struggling really getting on board. And not that I don't think he's going to be good, but – I just didn't know if – I don't know. There's just too much uncertainty with, you know, the way that they run their offense. They're just going to run a ton of plays and get the ball into anybody's hand real quick, you know, whoever they get open. And, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't get force-fed as much as he did, you know, for the Texans. And there's just a lot of questions there. But that's that's a guy that, you know, oftentimes I was coming across and just didn't find myself drafting too much where it was mine are also i've got i've got two and probably three really and it's and they're all receivers and it's marquise brown terry mclaurin and dj chark um kind of going in in back-to-back rounds there back to back to back (laughs) four five six you know dj chark um you know he's a guy that that at one point last year was was a top top 10 wide receiver uh struggled with injury down the stretch and he had a quarterback change at one point and they went back to gardner and um but I mean, full full off season, full you know, healthy, full off season with Gardner Minshew. Um, they're going to be behind a lot. I, I don't see how he didn't rise higher. Uh, he stayed where he was at. Everybody's been talking about him. Same thing with Terry McLaurin and and Marquise Brown. And that's the thing is everybody's been talking about him. Normally, when you have these guys, Antonio Gibson for one, that you know everybody's talking about, they rise up. You know, as the draft season goes on but that didn't happen with these guys I mean they stayed put I've been able to get them in later rounds every single you know draft that I've been able you know been in I haven't gotten a lot of shares of them but I've gotten a I know I have a share of I have a share of DJ Chark in almost every every league but uh you know you know Terry McLaurin Marquise Brown Marquise Brown's still going in the sixth round yeah and it's just uh shocking to me I think that a lot of people have gotten a value with with Marquise Brown and Terry McLaurin um you've probably got a solid wide receiver two in DJ Chark. Um, if you if you went, you know, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, or running back, tight end, running back, and then you got Chark as wide receiver one. That's to me, I'm completely okay with that. Oh yeah. Yeah, those are those are all guys who any given week they're a good bet to turn in a wide receiver one week. Um you know, and, and and they should have a decent enough floor. Maybe not so much Marquise Brown, just depending on how that offense morphs this year. Um just because you know he's a big play guy. Uh, but, I mean, still, all three great ceiling plays. You, you love the potential there for any of those guys. And I, I'm definitely comfortable with rolling with them instead of taking wide receivers too early. Yeah. Uh, what is maybe something, I guess, uh, 
a tip that you've developed through this draft season that you might have for people? Um, I can think of one off the top of my head for you that we just talked about. Um, but what's something that maybe in this draft season uh, has kind of helped that you've grown and, and have started to see a little bit clearer or anything like that? Well, yeah, like, like we were just talking about before we came on air here um, was I, I'd always found myself not being on board with taking handcuffs and more specifically your handcuff um, because in my mind I, I was just always thinking like, man, that's just such a scared, you know, strategy. Like I, I, if I lose my RB1 – Sure, I can maybe get some good play out of his handcuff, but it's not my RB1, and I'm not going to win my fantasy league because I, you know, kind of filled that void. Like, it can maybe keep you afloat, but that's not the kind of the draft strategy that's going to put you over the top, and really, if you hit, you know, it, it's going to be a league winner. So whenever I'd been hearing more and more people, you know, kind of put it in the context of, you know, don't draft your uh, handcuff, draft other people's handcuffs and it, and it just clicked with me that like, man, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Cause that's kind of, I guess where I've been all this time, but you know, that, that really has uh, been something that I've been doing this whole draft season is uh, drafting other handcuffs as opposed to my own. Yeah. I think for me, and this is something that I kind of picked that I, that I guess grew into last year, but, but this year just so I've, I'm playing in a, a variety of different types of leagues and I'm playing it with a bunch of, different people mm-hmm. um typically in the past i've kind of stuck with the you know same kind of same group of people whereas this year you know in our dynasty leagues that we started we branched out uh, and in us branching out there branched me out into to some other leagues and i what i've what i've really gathered is just know your league mm-hmm. um there are some leagues where you know i mean in one of there's one in particular that i'm in that I know that you know these guys are going to make some blunders. They're not as dedicated. They're not. Um, they're going to chase the name. Uh, you know, for example, we had a guy in one in that same in that league. He took Gronk in the second round, and he took three quarterbacks, and he refuses to trade one in a one quarterback league. And I, I you know, I'm, I'm not petty or salty or anything, but it doesn't make sense. But I. I I know that things like that are going to happen. And so to me, it just, it's also, you know, I know that in one of my leagues that we got guy, we got a guy that's a huge Chiefs fan, you know, and I know that if I, you know, leave a Chiefs guy on the board uh, that I might like, I, I can't leave him on the board with him coming up in between my next pick, um, you know, because my chance are limited. Same thing with Cowboys fans and you know, whether we want to admit it or not, we do like to root for our guys. And, and me and you, we try not to, we try not to get guys on our you know teams that we yeah. like, but at the same time, sometimes that's a tiebreaker, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Um, yeah. Early on, I don't usually find now. I mean, if it's Zeke, I mean, I'm taking Zeke for sure. I mean, right. I'm not necessarily taking him, you know, not doing something stupid, like taking him over McCaffrey, but I mean, honestly, I, I have a hard time even though it's the right thing to take Saquon over Zeke, I would have a hard time passing up on just the opportunity to just be able to root for Zeke. Right. Year. And that's how it's been like with me, with Dak Prescott. It's like, you know, and I, I do believe that Dak is a better fantasy option than Deshaun and then Russell than Ky- Kyler. But at the same time, you know, that's a grouping and, and a part of what just to me makes it clear to me, I'm going to draft Dak is that I'm a Cowboys fan. And it's like, I'd rather root for Dak than any of the other guys. So I'm going to go with him. Um, 
then so know your league. You know, know the people you're drafting with. Um, well, just like Alec was keeping tabs on when my first right. pick was coming up in the draft because he knew that he couldn't let Antonio Gibson slide any further. And I didn't reach reach. I mean, no, I, it was like I said, take, take right. about two rounds out for everybody keeping two players, and they they're from all varieties of you know ADPs, but still pretty much you can take out about two one and a half to two rounds. Yeah, and and you know, and that's just. Just and, and, and I guess that also brings me to another point, and that's just take the guys you take the, take the guys you like. You know, if you're choosing between, you know, don't jump two three rounds, but especially when you're late and and you know you're you're at one of the turns, and you look and you see a guy that's you know probably maybe he's the eighth wide receiver on the board from ADP, but you love the guy, take him because he's odds are he's not coming back around. I you. would say like for me that area would be you know like the end of the second, beginning of the third. There's a ton of guys there that are like. This is the play that you probably should make, I guess. You know, whenever it's guys like Adam Thielen, know, Odell, Evans, Adam Thielen, mm-hmm. Odell, you know, even Juju, you know, I know the upsides there with all of them, but it's still just, I'm like, man, I just would rather not. Like, I'd rather, you know, if it's a league that I could trade back, I'd rather trade back into the late, uh, you know, the latter part of the third and get Calvin Ridley because I just like that better. Right. Um, but that's not the right play to do all the time. Right. But, you know, it's just, you, you find yourself in places like that. And, you got to do what you got to do, and you got you're the one who's got to live with the team and play with it all year. So, who's someone that uh, that you've gotten a lot of shares of that maybe you're shocked that you have a lot of shares of? Huh. Interesting. I, I mean, honestly, this year I've, I usually usually I try not to draft too many Cowboys players, and I also like I've had a pretty hard stance in my career in the past. I don't even take any NFC East. Rivals, like I don't want any Eagles on my team. I don't want any Redskins. I don't want any Giants. And that's I've really stuck to that over the years. This year, I'm loaded. You'd think I was a Redskins fan. <laughs> I mean, like I, I was drafting Bryce Love, and uh, you know, and I had Antonio Gibson early on. I was drafting them months ago, and like, yeah. I had I had Bryce Love in the majority of the leagues that I was in, just because I was like, I feel like we're forgetting about this guy. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, I have some shares of Terry McLaurin. You know, just I mean, I, I feel like it. For me, it's just the amount of Redskins shares that I have. Yeah, I think uh, for me, it's also NFC East guys. But but there, the reason is because going into draft season, not once did I think I would have either one of these guys on on multiple teams, and that's Evan Ingram and Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's because I don't normally. I, I Dak normally goes higher than I would like to take him, but I have him in a lot of my superflex leagues. I was able to get him in those leagues later um than I probably should have. I know in one Superflex league, um I got Dak at the end of the second round and that's fantastic. Um Yeah, yeah I mean usually you're gonna have, you know, um Patrick Mahomes, Lamar, and Kyler going, you know, probably around, you know, all in the fir- first round. And then once that happens, people start to panic and right and snag and, up the quarterbacks. And then I you know I got him earlier today uh, in the I'm actually I'm in the Megala Bowl uh, sponsored by the fantasy footballers. Uh, Join that just to get a taste of, of drafting with other people and six round rolls around and Dak's still sitting there on the board and it's like that's where he t- that's where I want it if, if he's if I'm gonna draft him in a redraft that's where I want him. And that's funny to think about because I mean you, you said also that it went nine running backs in a row. So it's just funny whenever you get in a league that has all, like, people who've been listening to fantasy all offseason long, they they know what they're doing for the most part, and they all know, like, I need to get running backs early. Yeah. And they all know, 
I don't I don't need to waste an early pick on a quarterback. So then you just have weird things like that that wouldn't happen in either your other leagues because you got more casual players right. in some of your other leagues that are like, oh, Dak Prescott, I'd love to have him on my team and draft and it, him in you know, the third or fourth. It, it was, and it's one of those things that, that again, you, 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 know, you draft the way that it plays out to you. I got Michael Thomas at 10, and I, obviously I wanted the running back. I've been preaching running back, running back all, you know, all summer. But if Michael Thomas falls to you at pick 10, you're going to take him. You know? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's just what um, – Yeah, I mean, he scored almost 100 points more than the next – yeah, receiver, and he's basically you know he's going to put up running back one numbers. Right, you know, the, so the value is there, and um, you know, and then Evan Ingram's a guy who late in draft season I started to buy into uh, into the hype. Uh, just everything coming out of camp is fantastic. He's healthy. Uh, he looks like you know everybody's saying he looks incredible. You yeah, haven't heard much about injuries stuff yeah. at all, and that's that's definitely out of the ordinary. So if he's if he's good to go, I mean. Let's not forget how good this dude was on the field. Uh, he's in, an incredible tight end um, in terms of talent, athleticism. And so it's, it's just uh, it, it, he's fallen to me you know, because of the injury risk. He's fallen to me in a lot of drafts, and I'm taking him late. And one other guy that I, that I forgot to mention is Josh Allen. Uh, I have Josh Allen in uh, probably he's my most rostered quarterback, I think. And <laughs> he fell – to you in that in your dynasty league, right? That superflex. I, I, I kept I passed on him because I just I, w- I would I didn't really want Josh Allen, and I mean it was probably the right play to take him, but I kept on just kicking the can down the road, and Alec finally had had enough. Yeah, I, I did, <laughs> and, and that's how it's been in, in every single league that I've gotten him. I didn't like go into the draft thinking I'm going to get Josh Allen as my quarterback, but I'm looking at the board and. Round you know round ten or eleven and Josh Allen's still there and it's like all right like I'm done like I'm not gonna keep passing on this dude this late I'm gonna take him yeah. you know and and if that happens tonight in either of my drafts where he falls to round eleven yeah I'm gonna take him like obviously that won't happen in the sixteen team league but uh, no. you know in my I'm in a twelve team you know redraft and if he falls that late that's a value you know I got to take the guy there with his rushing floor. Um, I have been whenever I take Josh Allen, I normally take a second quarterback and back him up. Uh, Cam usually, <laughs> yeah. I, I try to get him with Cam. Um, I've gotten him with Gardner, um, but uh, who's a guy that uh, that this off season has risen out of your range, or um, or maybe has just risen as you expected? Just and I, I know. The easy answer is Antonio Gibson. I think we both would agree that Gibson has been the biggest riser. He went from being a late round, you know, last pick in the draft yeah. to uh, arguably six round talent. You know, uh, you know, and I, I'm trying to think. You know, is there anybody else that that's used risen up the draft board that you felt you expected would would eventually happen, or uh, that you you were going to take him no matter where he rose to? Um. Man, you know that's that's tough. Uh, you know, there's several guys that I think about that that I can just think like, man, I, I can't believe that he's going here, he's going there. But I don't know that it was so much they were rising as much as just like that's just what their value was. Um, you know, like we talked about with Devin Singletary. Um, I mean, really, for me, you talk about Antonio Gibson. We talked about guys that don't that didn't move up, that haven't been moving up, like McLaurin and Chark and all them. Um, but really, to me, I mean, nothing nothing sticks out right away that I've seen in my drafts that uh, they've been rising. Mine's uh, is is Juju Smith-Schuster. 
Um, you know, Juju started out late fourth is where he was going early early in the summer, and he's moved his way up to early third um, in, in most of the drafts that I've been in as of late. And he's one for me that I would take him in the early third. I, I thought you were getting a magnificent steal late in the fourth, uh, mid-fourth with Juju, and, and him going up a whole you know round, round and a half is yeah that's a lot of movement and 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 it's to me it should be you know we're, we're talking about a guy last year that, that that struggled with injuries all season long and had duck hodges throwing him the football he's got big ben back who you know i think a part of the the reason he's risen is because of the the hype around big ben and yeah. everybody's saying he can make all the throws and he looks fine um you know beat writer saying that everything's going flawless with him and so juju's rise is something that uh I expected. I kind of felt like he would just keep rising as long as we heard good things out of camp. And and to me, I, I would take him even at his current ADP. I've, I've got one actually. DK Metcalf. Okay. Um. I uh, he went before Tyler Lockett in our in our draft last night. Um. He went at the end of the third round. He's going before court. Tyler Lockett in a lot. I, I know. I know. Yeah. And that's that's the thing is. I mean, I get it. I love DK Metcalf. I mean, I, I was I took a lot of flyers on him last year, late in drafts, and uh, you know, I mean, those paid off. But I, I just feel like the disrespect for Tyler Lockett is is just crazy. And they can both be really good. I just think that there's there's no there's no way that I'm taking DK over Tyler Lockett hands down. And that that's been the case for most of this offseason has has really stunned me. Who's uh, who's a guy you you drafted? Maybe not a lot, maybe a lot, but that that you're most excited to watch play and see if they you know match the hype you have for them. Man, well, um, <laughs> definitely definitely Jarwin. Um, oh yeah, but but you know I mean it, we, we keep you know we keep talking about the same guys and we're talking about you know Antonio Gibson. I mean I'm I'm even more excited now because I had early early shares of him. Um, my last name is Gibson, uh, <laughs> which was honestly in our dynasty league, in the dynasty league that I started, um, I took him and we did the draft, the startup draft before the NFL draft happened. So the rookies were all just lottery tickets. And I mean, you know, I got Antonio Gibson really late and literally it was just one of those things where I'm like, well, let me t- throw a dart at one of these uh, rookie running backs and this guy's got the same last name as me. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it over here. And uh, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't going to pay up for any of the top rookie running backs just because that's not how I was building my team but um yeah I mean that's that's really paid off I'm super excited to see what he can do yeah I, I definitely protested uh, us drafting uh before the rookie draft and that worked out better for me than probably anybody else I got Clyde Edwards Lair pretty late yeah <laughs> um I mean I think Swift went in the second round yeah and that startup draft yeah uh, Jonathan Taylor went in the third the, the the Chiefs Chiefs fan thought that Swift was gonna be drafted by the Chiefs and he he was wrong. <laughs> go big or go home. And he's um, sitting at home, I guess. I got two guys that I'm just really I, – I, I want to see – I, I want to believe and see that the hype that I have for him is real, and that's Hayden Hurst and A.J. Brown. Um, I would say I, – I shockingly do not have a lot of – the reason I'm going with A.J. Brown over Hayden Hurst, I'm just mentioning Hayden Hurst, I don't have a lot of shares of Hayden Hurst. Yeah, I, I, I wanted I to take him – you know, in the seventh round is where I was shooting to take him most of the time. Last night, I made a I made a poor decision last night. I chose Hayden Hurst, uh, or I passed on Hayden Hurst, hoping he'd make it back to me. And I didn't know that Tyler's wife was so keen on Hayden Hurst. I mean, um, honestly, there's there's there was no intel that I could give Alec or anybody in the league on what's going on in her head because 
she gets so annoyed with all the fantasy talk that I do just year round that she just she chooses to just tune it out and she literally doesn't prepare until like the day before and I mean she doesn't really ask me a whole lot of questions honestly she just wants to you know read read enough material and just try to form her own opinions and that's great because I don't want to be responsible for her season anyway <laughs> uh, so I mean she was sitting right there and I, I saw Hayden Hurst on the board there and I I, I kind of had a feeling that she was going to go there but it, you couldn't have known it shocked me I. I... Oh man, I, I and then I, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'll just get Evan Ingram, and then he went, you know, four picks before me, and I was like, oh man, <laughs> that's that's not good. And I luckily was able to trade uh, trade up to get Ingram uh, in exchange for Leonard Fournette and a couple swaps later on, which are fine with me. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of shares of Hayden Hurst, but I do have a lot of shares of AJ Brown, and I'm really excited to see what. A.J. Brown uh, is going to do. Um, is he going to live up to the hype that I have for him? Is he going to continue to show the efficiency he had last year? And really it comes down to that Tennessee offense as a yeah, whole. Yeah, I was going to say, our, our, I'm just excited to see how, how Tennessee comes back this year, um, you know, and, and how, how they're performing. Because, you know, they kind of had a Cinderella run there uh, in the playoffs. And, uh, and I hate that they got Jadavian Clowney. Um, <laughs> that is not good for, for my – my AJ Brown love because the the better that defense that is, defense, yeah. yeah, the better that defense is, the more they're going to give the ball to Derrick Henry, um, and and I have no shares of Derrick Henry, so I could care less as to what either. he does. Yeah. Um, but uh, who is uh, who is do you think um, the most valuable pick you've made um, so far? Like uh, overall, uh, a guy that you got a lot of shares of. Whether you've talked about him or not, but you're very happy with the value you got on him, you know, more than once. Um, well, I mean, I'm obviously happy with the value that I've got with uh, Allen Robinson, and that goes to last year too. Um, I mean, I've been a big Allen Robinson fan, really. I mean, I, I remember, uh, you know, whenever we were playing in that uh, league together, whenever we were out in West Texas, uh, it was with some of your work buddies, um, and I mean one of the guys had Allen Robinson and I was just, I was asking you, I was like, come on, what do you think that I can get Allen Robinson from this or that? But I guess that guy was a fan of the college, yeah. <laughs> college that Allen Robinson went to. I mean, I, I was, you know, I was, I was devastated for, I think I had him um, that last year for the Jaguars where he got hurt, like in the first game. Yeah. And I mean, that sucked, but I stuck with him. That's paid off. And uh, you know, I mean, his, his ADP is up there, but I definitely think that he's, he's worth it when he's in the mix there with some of those guys, like we were talking about, like Mike Evans and, and Adam Thielen and them, I, I I don't hesitate to look at Allen Robinson just as a preference for me. I've I've had so many. It, there's so much value at the wide receiver position this year, but the one for me that I'm most happy about that I have consistently because of how a lot of my drafts went went down. I went a lot of um, running back, running back, uh, and in some cases, you know, running back, wide receiver. I'd take Godwin depending on where I was in the second round. Um, but I'm most happy to have multiple shares. I love the value of Robert Woods. Uh, yes, and, yeah. and the fact that I'm, I was able to, to get that value in a lot of leagues makes me happy. It makes me know that I've got a floor uh, at the wide receiver one, two position, depending on where he's sitting. Most of the time he's my, been my wide receiver one. Um, and I've been a- having Robert Woods allows me to take A.J. Brown. It allows Marquise me to take Brown. Marquise Brown. Yeah. It allows me to take D.J. Chark. That allows me to take Terry McLaurin, Cortland Sutton, because I know with a, with Robert Woods, I'm going to get consistent play. Mm-hmm. Um, one other guy that I've uh, I've been real happy to gain or get in a lot of my my PPR leagues is Tariq Cohen. 
I've gotten Cohen late in a lot of those drafts. We talked about him early, early, early. Uh, whenever we decided, you know, who would you rather have, James White or, or Tariq Cohen? And uh, I, or I talked about taking Tariq Cohen instead of James White, you know, two rounds later. And that's exactly what uh, it has happened for me. I've gotten to take Tariq Cohen in the 10th round multiple times. And I, I'm so happy with, with that value as well. Just having that guy that I can plug in in my flex and, and know in a PPR league, I'm going to get a floor of 10 to 12 points with a ceiling. If, you know, if he breaks one of those, right. I'm looking at 20, you know. And depending on the league you play, I mean, he's got some return duties, I believe, still. Right. Um, so, uh, Tyler, uh, that's that's about it. We're just going to be a short draft. Like I said, draft season recap. Uh, we are, you know, me and Tyler are in a 16-team league that's starting right now, but both Tyler and I traded away. I don't have a pick till the seventh round, so uh, I got a ways to go. I probably won't even have a pick till like eight thirty. I didn't. I don't have a pick till the fourth, but I'm actually using that fourth to keep Calvin Ridley, um, and then I'm using my sixth to keep Lamar, and then like my twelfth to keep Cole. So I've got some decent guys, but I mean it's going to be tough sledding all year. Um, sure. My my team is probably going to be the worst team I've ever put uh, together. Yeah, I think that's, that's it's going to be say. so bad. I'll probably be lucky to score hundred points in any game this year. Um, <laughs> But uh, I uh, any last words on draft recap? No, no, just uh, you know, don't be too rigid with your uh, strategy. Just let the draft come to you, and uh, you know, take your guys when you need to take your guys. Don't uh, don't mess around too long, like Alex learned in several drafts. But yeah. he never seems to actually learn the lesson. No, I keep doing it. Um, I will say this: your draft is over. S- don't stay in love with the guys that you drafted. Because what makes a winner in, in fantasy football is not who you drafted. It's what happens afterward. Yeah. Yes, you want to build a solid foundation with your draft, but what happens after that is what matters more. Um, you know, the, the draft might set you up for the first three to four games, but the trades that you make in season are, are going to be more important. And I, I, I'll be one to tell you, I'm definitely one that falls victim to loving my drafted guys, <laughs> like thinking that, you know, I get that mindset of like, oh, I drafted them because I loved them and I want to – I believe in them. Yeah. But, but don't fall in love with them. You know, this is the time to start making moves, uh, start looking at, you know, after week one and two and seeing some things. Hit the waiver wire weeks one and two. It's when the most, uh, you know, valuable waiver pickups happen. Especially this year where we haven't seen any preseason. So right. you don't know what could happen. What if, you know, that's – I guess before we close, that's one question. And, and I guess uh, that's a question for, for, for our next podcast. We're going to do uh, – like I said, we're going to hit you guys up again this week with a week one preview. We will uh, continue to do week, weekly previews uh, each week where we'll give you kind of our start sit guys, uh, what we're looking for in that week, uh, matchups we love, and, and really you know matchups that we're excited to see and stuff like that. So uh, look for that uh, probably in the next couple of days. And other than that, thanks for uh, joining us for this fun little uh, draft recap. Yep.